What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is almost here and I'm so excited to go on vacation with my kids next month. We love going anywhere warm with a beach. I always make packing harder than it needs to be, but this year I'm doing all of my summer shopping at Macy's. I can find everything I need from bathing suits, sandals, summer dresses, shorts, even towels and sunscreen at Macy's. Whether you're packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need. You can shop top brands like Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Wind down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, so this is a really fun episode because, well, for the tree hillers, I mean for, for everybody, but for everybody, but it's like you know, so many of your fans and following are tree hillers. And they're loyal, so they're always wanting to hear from former castmates <laughs> from the show. And we have two awesome, awesome guys today. Yeah, we're going to have James Lafferty and Stephen Coletti um, coming on the show because they've got a new show on Hulu right now. Um, everyone's doing great. It's a really, really good show. So um, I'm excited to talk to those dudes. But how are you feeling? Because we're about to go to Canada this week. We are. I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited for the change. I'm excited for... As weird as this sounds, it's kind of a sense of normalcy, right? Because we're used to traveling. We're used to like going places and doing things. So, and Jace has become such, I mean, the kids both, but Jace really is a homebody because mm-hmm. he's not used to traveling. 
Yeah, we go anywhere and two seconds out, he's like, home? Home. Yeah, 30 minutes tops and he's like, home? So it'll be good for him to change things up because once, you know, traveling is a little bit more back to normal and we're traveling more, we always try to take the kids when we can mm-hmm. if we're gone for a decent period of time. So we want him to get used to that, like Jolie is. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, like, yes, I just wish that there wasn't the quarantine period because it just adds, because we have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, honestly, that's not the part that's giving me anxiety because, I mean, we, we pretty much are quarantined here anyways. I mean, we don't go anywhere. Right. Minus like the grocery store here or there or like Jolie's, you know. I mean, we go a few places, but it's mm-hmm. not maybe out to dinner once every two weeks, but... I don't know. It's not like it's going to totally change. But I think just having to be being told that you can't do something is what gives me anxiety. So it's like you have to stay in this house for two weeks right. and you can't leave. Like automatically I'm like, boom, anxiety. Because I'm like, well, what if this happens? What if like we don't even have a car? Like what if something happens with the kids? Like, hello, emergencies in the middle of the night, you know? So I'm just starting to like freak out about that. So I just actually emailed production because I was like, guys, if there is something that happens in the middle of the night, like I'm not going to be able to sleep knowing just in case something happened. No, for sure. I think they need to understand that with two kids, like I don't care if they have a doctor on call. Like if we have to go, we have to go. So just to be able to have a car there accessible and, you know, we're adults, we're we're professionals. We're not going to go anywhere if they say don't go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to jeopardize the production or the movie that you're doing to be selfish. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I don't know why I just have, I have so much anxiety around it. And, and you know, kind of like we said, it's not our space. And, but at least it's better than, an, it's better than what some, I know some people are, they have to quarantine in their hotel room. And mm. for two weeks, I'm like that, I for sure, I like, I would, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would lose my mind. I mean, that's like being in a jail. I mean, even Minus me. Minus the fluffy mattress right even me who you know loves to i can't contain his excitement and he's dropping her off like singing pulling out her luggage and everything he's like all right have the most wonderful time and she's like no put my bags back in the car i'm not going anywhere you're too damn happy let's go home and then on the way home he's just miserable and then he talked about at lunch with his buddies like the next day they're like you're too happy. You got to contain it. Everyone knows you got to contain it. It's and you like, gotta act. oh, I'm going to miss you. When really you're like high-fiving yourself inside. It was pretty funny. That is funny. Huh. Yeah, but we're going to be together. It's going to be great. No, I. the fact that we're going to be together. I mean, because there had been, I, I couldn't leave without my kiddos and family. So I'm super excited. Um. So yeah, we're heading off to Canada this week, guys. You we're the From here on out, the episodes are going to be Recorded in Canada, eh? <laughs> They're all going to be in French. That'd be awesome. Do they speak French in Vancouver? I thought that was more Quebec where we went last time. Um, yeah, it's more the eastern side of Canada. But a lot, but still, that was, you know, a lot of that was French territory in general. So I st- still think there's more French. I guess there's more French than there's like Spanish. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, guys. Did anyone get my one brick wines? If you didn't, get them now. Why don't you update us? How's that going? It's going really good. Yeah? Yeah. We have a red blend, very inexpensive, low sugar, low in sulfates. I'm excited. Good. The sales are good? Sales are doing good. 
because I've been I've been nervous. People are no people are liking it, so that's what's exciting about it. That is that is awesome because mm-hmm. it, it's fanta- It's so good. It's fantastic. Well, we have like the best winemaker too from Napa that yeah. did the you know helped create the wine with me. So I've been and the fact that it's low sugar makes me super happy. But I'm excited for you that it's doing well because this was like your baby. This was out of all the things that you're doing. I know you really want this to, you know, take off and be sustainable because it's something that you're so passionate about. I do like my wine. You do. So. Um, and Michael is working on his hat business, y'all. It's going to be good. It's going to be excited. We're going to, you know, it's just we love you guys. That's all. So we just thank you for your support. Yeah. So before we get um, James and Steven on, you know, is it is it feel like kind of like a when you're on a show like that, does it almost feel like a high school reunion? Not that based regardless if that was based in high school, but, you know, it feels like you're seeing these friends from a long time ago. It just it has that sense of like a high school reunion. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely closest to Steven, obviously, because I spent I mean, I did all my scenes with Steven. Mm hmm. Um, I had very few scenes with James. So, and like when I was on the show, it was, you know, there there was just some, not cattiness, but just like, you can't talk to this person if you're friends with this person. And so it's just became like a, so I wasn't very close to James because of certain situations on the set at the time. But Mm -hmm. now, I mean, everyone's really close and it's kind of frustrating because I'm like, why couldn't we have all been friends then? And you made like the newbie's life a little bit of hell. But it's cool. All right. Because you couldn't make up your mind for yourself because you, as soon as you got in there, whoever you stuck with, you had to stick with. Yeah. Mm. But now it's like annoying because they're like, we're all friends now. And I'm just like, you, one person literally made it hell for us. Mm -hmm. Because if we chose the wrong friend, we would be destroyed. So, you know, now it's like, you know, yeah. Well, now everyone's adults. (laughs) True. That's very true. Yeah. So, um, which makes you just laugh at those things when you think about your anyone's past in general, right? The cattiness or the the clickiness of things in high school uh, in that age and young twenties. You're like, why? You're like, why can't I have the knowledge I have today and be like, um, you're an idiot for thinking that, and I'm going to talk to whoever I want to. No, it's so true because, but I mean, like going on. I mean, we, me, Chantal, and Rob came on season seven, so it's like they'd already had six years to form these. Oh, for sure, hatreds and connections, and you know all these things. So it's like we're just coming in, like dipping our toes in, like uh, I don't want to make a mistake, mm-hmm. you know. But I get that. I now mean, though, yeah. it's nice, like you know, now that I've been able to spend more time with James on like conventions and, you know, just being able to, you know, hang out and it's, you know, they're awesome. But yeah, Steven and I are like, we're like kin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think what's cool too. And I mean, just from the one convention I, I went with you to last year and then also meeting Chantel and meeting these guys and a bunch of people on the cast, um, Everyone was just so nice. Like, mm-hmm. everyone was really approachable, friendly, um, you know, re- you know, reciprocated in the conversation and in questions and everything. It wasn't just one-sided in anything when I was meeting any of these people. So that, that, you know, that just goes to show the kind of some of the character of the people that I've met that you were able to work with. Yeah. So, and James and Steven are definitely two of those guys, mm-hmm. you know, so let's uh, take a break and get them on. Yeah. 
there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and to Kova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Tree Hillers, you've waited long enough. Um, So excited because James Lafferty and Stephen Coletti are going to be on the show today. So I remember they were working on Everyone is Doing Great. Yeah, and last time we talked to both of them was almost a year ago. It was last February. Yeah, when when we did the One Tree Hill Convention. convention. Yeah. So I'm just so proud of them because the Everyone's Doing Great um, got picked up by Hulu. And, you know, I have a little piece of that world with like pitching show. I mean, me and Brienne, who was on the show about um, the first of the year about you know, Love Addicts. So we, we had a show we were working on. It is hard to pitch a show. I mean, we went to HBO, we went to Hulu, we went to Amazon. Like, you know, you, you go in there and it's just like, then they'll give you notes, but then this other network wants something else. So, I mean, it is so incredibly hard. I think I was reading something about the Queen's Gambit. That was passed on like for 10 years or something crazy like that. So, I mean, it's, and then there was another show too, and I know that's not the right amount of time, but it was something where it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Stranger Things, that was passed on a million times. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have a show picked up um, on a network nowadays is so hard, and I'm so proud of them because these dudes are, they're great guys. I mean, I, I was obviously closer with Steven mm-hmm. filming because he was my scene partner. Right. I didn't do much with James, um, but... I love both of them. I'm so proud of them. Um, and James just got engaged, he which did. is awesome, to a beautiful girl, she's actress. And then Stephen, I believe he's still kicking it, man. <laughs> just living the single life. Well, we have some questions that came in from our Instagram to ask them. So, did you see any on? on- yeah, there's definitely some on here that are that are sticking out to me. So, as we're talking to them, I'll, I'll pepper these in there. Anything about Kristen? Yeah, yeah there's one about, you know, Stephen being pictured with Kristen at dinner recently mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, I think he already addressed that and said they're just good friends. Yeah. Um, but no, there's there's a bunch on here and it's so funny. I mean, people love the Tree Hillers, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think, too, James had I, I, I don't want to make this up, but I'm pretty sure James had a tough time coming off of One Tree Hill because he was so typecasted. Because I can imagine you you being on a show like that that long Mm -hmm. and being super typecasted yeah and i've always been someone on the outside of of the industry i've always wondered that it's like some of these shows that do so well especially if it's like your your big break you know later down the road does that plague you you know does that hurt you in a sense you know i mean i it's kind of like you know our our buddy bob (laughs) Bob. (laughs) it's like you kind of just have to 
embrace it after a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm Danny Tanner. And, but then again, you know, and I know Uncle Jesse wanted to do the farthest thing from Uncle Jesse, but then they obviously they did a rethink, you know, a, um, a reunion and they filmed again because Fuller House, because people love it. Like people yeah. love to see that character. So it's kind of like, all right, you just have to embrace it a little bit. But okay, <laughs> I'm so excited because. When I saw, I think it was, I was stalking your page, James. Sorry, Stephen. But um, James posts a little bit more. But (laughs) um, I saw that, you know, everyone is doing great was picked up on Hulu. And I I literally out loud was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, I was so excited for you guys because I know it's been a work in progress. And it's been, I mean, how many years has it been now that you've been working on it? Four. Four. Wow. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's coming up on four, like, next month, I think, since we shot. So I think we shot the pilot in April of 2017. And then we got together because you guys were doing more of a – you were raising more money for it, right, to shoot the some some episodes of it? Is that yeah, what that was? Yeah, we, we did the crowdfunding for uh, additional episodes, and you were kind enough to come in and do one of our live watches, which those were very popular for us. That was that – was, It was huge. You know, um, yeah, an instrumental part of our campaign, and it was nice to get that you know the one trail community on board and, and you know, have you guys come out and help us out and do those live watches. Like it was fun. I mean, we don't get to see each other too often, so it was nice to have an excuse to get together. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. I'm I'm curious though because in those four years, was there ever kind of like that? Should we just stop? Like, is this you know we're we're pitching it, we're trying to do this, we're not getting. Or, or was it like, hey, no, we've got traction and this is all good? Or did you ever have that moment where you're like, I like, this isn't going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I think that was the that was the hardest part of it all. Um, the, the work um, was amazing. And just getting to do what we love to do was, was incredible every step of the way. Um, there were growing pains, for sure. And um, there were a lot of challenges and things we had to learn along the way. But it always felt it always felt good because we were learning and because we, we did feel like we were towards something. But I do think the uncertainty of it all was the hardest part um, of just really not knowing um, where this was headed. Uh, we, we never knew. We always wanted it to be on Hulu, but we never knew that we were going to get there. We always felt like we were a long shot at best. Um, and in fact, you know, we were totally prepared to just self-distribute and see how that went, which is a much tougher road. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think that there were never moments where we would just wanted to throw our hands up and give up, but there were definitely moments where uh, I, I won't speak for Stephen, but at least for myself, it was like, okay, what are we really doing here? Like, how is this going to end? Because <laughs> it just sort of felt like it was going on and on with no real light at the end of the tunnel. Stephen, what about for you? Yeah, I mean, um, I for me, we always had that plan of, of self-distribution. That was the like, all right, but last plan, um, if, if we feel like we've, we've, you know, exhausted all options and we feel like we've gotten our fair shot, um, then we'll, you know, we'll self-distribute, um, which, which is, you know, which is fine. And again, it's, it's still a, the accomplishment was really for us, uh, to get the, the money to shoot the thing. I mean, and, and there was points in that campaign where we were doing the Indiegogo campaign where I was like, oh man, like this is, we knew it was going to be a big task, but this is a lot bigger than, than we expected. And it was really, really hard. Um, but you know, we're, we're grateful for the people that jumped 
board to, to help us out and, and, you know, kind of propel us, but you know, you're, you're asking money for 45 days. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, we can't do live watches for 45 days straight, although that would have been fun. <laughs> we could have hung out a couple more times, but, um, you know, there are those days where you're supposed to be kind of getting content there and driving it every day. And you're like, ah, I already am not on social media that much. And now I'm, I'm on here every single day asking people for money. So you get a little overwhelmed, but uh, again, the, the end goal there for, for the for the show um, was what continued to drive us. And then there were these moments along the way that like were so unexpected. And, and whether it's like, Janet, you coming in and, and doing the live watch and that being very lucrative for us or being at some TV festival and James and I literally sitting in, in a lounge at one point frustrated because we can't get this video on YouTube and just a couple of knuckleheads trying to, you know, trying to work the internet. And a woman had come up to us and had just seen um, the screening and she just started talking to us casually. Thankfully we were nice to her because then 10 minutes later, she's like, well, she's like, let me see your campaign. And she wound up donating over $20,000 in that wow. moment. Wow. And, uh, so it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, the lesson I learned there is like, you know, the perseverance, like even when you feel down, you know, you got to continue to strive, strive. And if you need to seek help, seek it, you know, get, get your friends, you know, uh, be honest with, with yourself and your friends about, you know, where you might be or what you might need. And as long as you're kind of putting yourself out there and, and you're working hard, um, you know, things will happen. Maybe not like you expected, but still amazing things will happen. Mm -hmm. With the timeline being, you know, the past four years working on this project, how much, if at all, has the concept around it changed? Like from day one of you guys, you know, having this idea and it being to what it is now? Hmm. I think the concept has stayed pretty, um, Pretty consistent. I mean, we, we always knew what kind of show we wanted it to be. We always knew we wanted it to feel dry, um, you know, in terms of its humor. We, we knew the humor was going to come from like those little moments when people don't know what to say to each other instead of delivering punchlines. Mm -hmm. um, we knew that we wanted it to feel raw and awkward um, and, uh, and and sort of make you squirm a little bit. You know, that's the kind of humor that we're really drawn to. That's the kind of those are the kind of shows that really inspired us to make this show. Um, but I will say that like one thing that really, I guess, pleasantly surprised us and, and, and opened up the whole process for us was when we actually got to set and shooting that first, the first season was, um, you know, that the actors that came in and really elevated the material, um, it took, you know, we gave them a lot of freedom to just do what they wanted with their characters, bring as much as of themselves to the character as they wanted to, um, because we felt like that would just make it feel that much more authentic and real. And, um, uh, and man, every single actor that came in, whether it was like for, um, you know, a tiny little scene or a reoccurring um, a reoccurring role or, you know, our other leads, like they just took what they had and what was on the page and they elevated to this other level that we just didn't even expect and was always so funny and so real. And it just gave it breathed this life into the show that we were really grateful for because, you know, we knew that a show just about, you know, Seth and Jeremy and Andrea, like any show that is only uh, based on a few characters or where there's a few characters that feel real, it's going to have a limit to how many people it can reach, right? It's going to have the limit to how many people actually, it, it actually resonates with. And so to be able to get in the editing room and just feel like we actually know these characters that we're cutting together and like these, these scenes that are coming to life in a way that we didn't anticipate was like, that was incredible. And that was, that was kind of unexpected. So I know what everyone is doing great is, um, but for the listeners, um, give us like the elevator pitch. Like what is it about and what can they expect? 
Yeah, so there's these three people, James and I's character and Alex Park's character, uh, Andrea Davis, who were on this, you know, huge vampire drama. It was number one in the zeitgeist. Think, um, uh, you know, Vampire Diaries or um, what, like what is True it? Blood or something. True Blood. What were the movies? Um, Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, Twilight. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Twilight. I forgot. About you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just where everyone is obsessed and, and these faces are, you know, pictured everywhere and people know who they are. Um, and so, you know, that's where they, they were on a show like that. And it's five years later um, and you're just seeing them at home uh, kind of struggling to put life together, you know, meet life head on as they are, you know, entering their 30s and, and um, middle age. And um, things are, are not, you know, not as, as smooth as they might have expected. And, and obviously coming from having it easy and feeling the world is at their fingertips uh, early on in their life. Um, now they're they're. Um, you know, they're struggling. Uh, the wheels are just kind of spinning. So, um, you know, these characters, what they're, they're kind of having to lean on each other um, when, when they all don't really have any leaning on each other because of you know, all that they're going through. I love it. Were you guys able to draw from any personal stories or situations from yourself or people that you knew to kind of bring into this material? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what inspired us in the first place was, um, you know, getting into our 30s and, and just sort of realizing that, that that I guess that sort of I don't know that blanket of invincibility that you feel in your twenties you know it starts to kind of wear off and you realize that it was always it was never actually there right, right. like you yeah. actually don't know the more you learn the more you realize you don't know and the more scary the world gets and that's something that we were sort of experiencing as we entered our thirties and we were experiencing it um, against a backdrop of you know this industry that is so incredibly uncertain and it's so absurd everywhere you look there's just crazy things going on and hilarious things going on and um and we just thought that there was a lot of comedy in that struggle so um you know knowing that and, and sort of having those building blocks we just wanted to create characters for you know for ourselves and for this world that we could really map on to those situations and have them deal with them in um really funny ways you know we just it, you know at the end of the day we just really wanted to make people laugh um at you know the the struggle that they may be going through we feel like it's a healthy way to get through things is to try to laugh it off and um and so yeah it was really about just like creating you know cr characters that were close enough to ourselves that we felt we could really portray them and, and and have it feel real and authentic but at the same time you know heighten certain aspects of our own personality like take it further to one end of the character spectrum so that um you know when they do get in these situations there's more sort of explosive things happening um i love that because i feel like in your 30s is when you're just like total wake-up call you know what i mean no, I, like, it's like what james said I, I like what he said the cloak of invincibility because yeah. i think that that he just probably summed up my 20s perfectly <laughs> right you no know, it's like i run around whether it's it's burning them in oil or just you know, kind of not thinking too far ahead. Yeah, it's everything's kind of living more present, and 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 just the the long term consequences of things. Like oh, it's just sure. not there, you know. And and it's a beautiful thing, and I, I think we would love to have that. But you know, it's it's the push and pull about getting into your thirties. It's like you take the experiences that you have had, and we talk about this in the show, and you should be applying that and hopefully be in a better headspace, right? Like, oh, I just survived my twenties basically, mm -hmm. and now I'm ready to <laughs> to grow up and be an adult, but it's just not that smooth of a transition no and, i feel like uh, when you hit I'm, your 30s you're like i have issues and i gotta work through these <laughs> because oh my god it's gosh. mental and physical too like i used to like i could play sports all the time but now like getting out of bed you're like oh man i'm like i played in this softball game yesterday and i boy am i sore <laughs> it's like 
dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, I want to know some tea, though. Did you guys ever argue or fight tea. during this process? Like get annoyed with each fought. other? Did we? Did we go to? Did we go to blows? Never, never any fisticuffs. No, <laughs> never, got, like... never got physical. It got mentally physical. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> we spent. James and I had spent. We spent basically all of 2019 in an editing room together. Oh and wow. I don't care who, uh, you know, <laughs> who you love the most planet but spending it uh the whole year in a room together that's um, marriage in quarantine it's yeah, like when they just, breathe that was our like, 2020 stop breathing <laughs> that was our last year so i know i know um so you know it's yeah it, thankfully those are those are important moments for us because i usually when we're you know having mental jujitsu over something it's something that you know is going to be better off for it in the end and you know, I think it'd be a real problem if we were just constantly agreeing with each other and everything was hunky dory because uh, we wouldn't really be honest, you know. For sure. Um, and what's partnership yeah. without that, that trust and honesty? So, you know, I, you know, nothing crazy, thankfully. Um, and and you know, but we, you know, of course, where we uh, are having a heated discussion over a particular scene or something, um, you know, we were better off for it in the end. Who who wins? Who's who? Uh, who usually wins? <laughs> and who's usually right? I, I, I gotta I, say, it's usually it's probably a coin toss, but it's usually. I, I think that it's usually whoever was right because uh, what we'll do usually what usually what we'll do is we'll you know we'll have this like heated discussion we'll we'll you know we'll, we'll lock horns over something and we'll sort of put it aside for a second until the end of the day you know just to get the work done just to continue forward and then towards the end of the day we'll talk about it again oh no we're still we're still locking horns and then we'll just sort of like leave it for a minute and we'll go home we'll go our separate ways we'll get a good night's sleep i mean y'all are in a marriage this is a marriage (laughs) yeah but 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 in a in a marriage i was about to say i wish it ended up with the person who was right realizing that it was right it doesn't really work that way in a marriage that's because men are and james you'll learn this but like the women are 99.99999 percent right it's no you just think that because we're tired of fighting the bat the battle so we're like you know what take it whatever you know what there's some some truth to that if if we really had any issues we'd go to uh our producing team or you know we go to alex who's another actress um uh, and producer on the show uh and toss it by her and and we would get good insight there so we need a mediator (laughs) so speaking of that james you and alex are engaged correct yes congratulations that's amazing and so how long i don't know when y'all got engaged but how long in that process with you guys working together like did you guys get romantic or get engaged and and kind of how is that working together with someone you want to spend your life with um I mean, listen, it's, it's great. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's akin to working with this. It's just, I think it's, it's a sort of what we do here with this show. You know, it's like, um, Steven and I have known each other for a long time. I've known Alex since 2015, uh, when I directed on her show and that's how we got to know each other. Um, and so, you know, she has been there since the beginning, since the very first episode of this show. And, um, you know, we had the pleasure of working with producers that I've worked with on three films before this. They were the ones who really, you know, they had all of this knowledge and how to get your, turn your your little indie project into a reality. And they, you know, they were gracious enough to share that knowledge with us and and take us to the promised land. So, you know, what I have with Alex is, is like, you know, I think about it the same way that, I, you know, I think about the rest of this sort of like film family that we formed. It's just like, it's the best of both worlds when you find you know, people that you, you know, you love personally that you can then love working with as well. There's definitely a balance. So I will say that because I know working with with Mike is it, it can be hard because you're just you're always together. So it's about finding that 
personal time yeah. for yourself too that is so needed on more his side but um <laughs> of course of course yeah. of course more more on my side. Dude's side i think in our experience it was like with alex it was like she we needed to give her those the space that she needed as well because we were really like taking over the this house with these computers and like you know we're editing and we're editing we, we didn't always we couldn't always wear headphones we needed to hear it from the speakers so you know she's trying to like live her life while we're just playing the same like the same you know piece of dialogue on a loop like 75 times oh, and it's like it's just and like, sometimes it could be her you know it's yeah, like, yeah sometimes right. it's her or sometimes it's steven like there's there's not not to give too much away but there's a there's a line that steven has in the show and he goes uh you're trying to get me arrested you're trying to get me arrested and i she's like that line is in my head when i wake up in the morning it's in my head. every time we hear the word arrested on tv she's like trying to get me arrested Trigger. <laughs> for some reason it's that line that she heard the most how did you propose to her uh just here it was a yeah it was a quarantine proposal Aww. we kept it, kept it super simple and safe and um That's sweet, you know though. this is our this is uh yeah this is our favorite place to be and so yeah i love that um steven you know i have to ask you is there going to be a Laguna Beach reunion with you and Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> a love reunion. We, we we had a reunion. We had a dinner together I last saw, year. I, think, I know. Uh, I texted y'all. Yeah. I was like, this looks fun. <laughs> I know. We were like, well, all three of us should get together. Oh, it was um, it was good to uh, to see her, and, mm-hmm. and it's nice to have a friendship with her after all these years. Oh, we, for we've, sure. Um, we've got quite the history back there, so uh, it, it's always good to see her. I know. I love both of you, so it was it was oh, cute. I'm you. like, I feel like because you guys were so young then, you know, but. I was just oh, like, man. oh, was the, half a the internet ago. just lit yeah. up. I was like, well, this is this is gonna go crazy. Cause- you know, what? it was like it was nice to see that it was a, a positive reaction. I will, will say that because after the the extreme discomfort of sure. my phone blowing up and having to turn it and and um, you know just just uh, yeah having that kind of uh, blow up much more than you, you ever would expect. Um, it, it was nice that you know for me, it's you don't really think too much about. Um, Laguna and the show and, and for people to have like a, a positive reaction and, and to, I think, look back on the show fondly and, and, and kind of have memories of, of watching that and, and kind of rooting for these people on the mm-hmm. show in a way. Um, it brings them some sort of joy. That's cool. So, yeah, I love that. Um, speaking of that, so right before we did this, we jumped on here with you guys on Janet's Instagram. We asked her followers to send some questions. And Let's of do course, a lightning, a lightning round. With yeah, them. it was a million questions, which I love it because. 80% of them aren't even questions or statements like James marry me, Stephen marry me, one of you marry me, I don't care who. Like it's it's just it's unbelievable. It's so funny. They're just saying Oh, oh one of them said James was her hall pass. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Oh my god, James will you marry me? That's yeah, I told amazing. You. And then ah yeah, How just, is ah just noises. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm sure you guys have heard a million of these before. I'm trying to get some different ones, but one thing is, you know, a lot of people like to ask with a show like that, you know, what's, if you could narrow it down to one thing, what's the one thing you looking back, like you miss about it the most, Steven, I'll start with you with, um, with one tree Hill. Sorry. With one Hill. Um, I miss Wilmington, North Carolina. It was a, a beautiful place. It was nice to, uh, to spend time on the East coast after, you know, I, I grew up on the West coast. So, um, you know, I spent a good chunk of my 20s uh, on the East Coast, and it was just a different culture. It felt like a little bit of a different country. So, um, you know, it was it was nice to get that perspective. 
Uh, and thankfully, we actually went back to Wilmington to um, to shoot a little bit for our show. So there's some uh, some pieces in a couple episodes um, where one of the characters goes out to uh, to North Carolina, and we shot in Wilmington. So it was nice to uh, to get it in our show as well. I love it. Love it, James. Um, yeah, I think the I think Wilmington for sure. Um, like Stephen said, uh, just fell in love with that place. Still love it. It's got a special place in my heart. But um, also the people, uh, the people, the cast, that crew. Um, there were so many folks on both sides of the camera that were there from from day one, um, from you know shooting the pilot, and then you know to to get to know people like that for nine years is um i just the, you know the older i get the more i realize how increasingly rare that is mm-hmm. in this industry to be able to spend that much time working on something with people um so it's really special like i'm just uh, i look back on that fondly because i realize how how rare it is to have that experience to get to know people for so long and to uh yeah to just blend with them and, and and do the work and sort of have another little family you know yeah uh guilty pleasure chocolate guilty- a lot of it. Works. I like a lot of chocolate. That's like wine and chocolate, probably. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, During quarantine, I mean, my my yeah, the the amount of money I've spent on wine in the last year. <laughs> um. So just make a wine and have it be research, because that's what I what I just said. I'm like, okay, because I have a wine, so I'm like, it's all research. I drink Wait, wine do you, for do you research. Have a, do you have a wine? Yeah, it comes out. Yeah, it came out. Well. It's awesome. a, I'll, send, I'll send you one. You you have yeah, my address. I'll send you one too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jan, Jana was like, you know, I drink a shit ton oh of wine. Why don't I just make my own and get high on my own supply? Yeah. Like, All right. Brilliant. Let's do it. That I'm questioning brilliant. our friendship right now. The fact that you would, after like, <laughs> the wine that we enjoyed in Wilmington. That's true. And what we had went through there to then... You created a wine and you wouldn't even send I'm me going to send to both of you and congratulations of your everyone you know is doing great. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Ayo. Um, all right. So everyone, um, watch Everyone is Doing Great, now available on Hulu. Um, it's such a great show. I love you guys both. And thank you for just being so authentic and being awesome guys. We we appreciate you. And I just, um, I'm wanting to maybe audition for episode, I mean, for season two. You know, if there's a season two, like, hook a girl up, Alex Chase reunion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to have to audition for that. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you winding down with us. Thank you. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, 
I'm never going back. Tacovas, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First of all, love Stephen and James. Like I said at the beginning of it, they're just great dudes. They're so genuine. How you guys hear them are exactly how they are. Very genuine, very nice. And I just, I enjoy talking to, to anybody from that whole crew. Like you said, they're great. 
and their shows everyone is doing great get it it's on hulu it's really good watch it um i just on a side note though in one of the scenes because you you haven't watched it yet but i was running on the treadmill and i was watching one of the first like two scenes or episodes and <laughs> i jumped on the guys i saw that steven and james were going live so i just like jumped on the live and in one of the scenes, Stephen has to f- the pillow. <laughs> like the casting director and the, the director are like, uh, make love to the pillow. And he's literally humping a pillow like in one of the scenes. And so <laughs> I went on Stephen and James's live. I was like, whose decision was it to f- the pillow? <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's hilarious. But apparently it was like something that Stephen was asked to do in an audition really yeah i mean not to that extent but like oh my god how uncomfortable yeah i mean i like when i was watching it i was so uncomfortable i'd be like i don't care if it's michael bay i'm not f***ing a pillow that's so uncomfortable i know and he's like caressing like the head of the pillow like i couldn't i i don't care i just i don't think i could do it no yeah no that's that and like what, you know, as a casting director or whoever is in that room, what are they looking at when they're watching this person? Like, mm, yeah, his hips are pretty good or, okay, <laughs> let's look at his facial expressions or like, what are they looking at? Like, what are they looking for? I think it's a power trip if, if it's, if of anything. That's what I make yeah, I'm going to make you fuck a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I'd Sit around I'd telling just... their other casting director buddies, <laughs> I made this dumbass fuck a pillow. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. We got any emails, honey? Yes. Um, this one's from Tabitha. So my husband and I just found out we're expecting. Congrats. I'm only four weeks along. Two days after we found out I was pregnant, my husband took the whole day off um, work for a one-hour appointment. In my mind, he could have preserved those seven hours for OBGYN appointments or time after the baby comes. I tried to explain it makes me nervous that he won't have as much time off available when we have appointments or when the baby comes. He got mad and said, my time off is my time and I'll use it however I want. In his defense, his job is stressful and he needs mental health days to stay sane, but a whole day for a one hour appointment? Am I crazy? Uh, I mean, I don't think she's crazy because it makes sense. I think, I think the problem is, is women think more logical than men. Men just think what they need in general. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, but I think women are like, okay, like you have these many days off. Like you should probably take, you know, one day off well before I go into, like we're thinking like weeks and months ahead of guys. Like we're mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, so you're going to have to take a day off like when I go into labor. And like, what if I have like, you know, a bad day? So there's like two days and then like, you know, a few days after the baby comes. And like, so like we're thinking, Way and do, does he have paternity leave? If he doesn't, then he's wasting his days. Right. And so I'd get that you would be upset. And I'm happy that you said something to him. I'm sad that he responded with such a defensive um, statement. Yeah. So first of all, you, they don't say it, but I can tell this is their first kid. Um, And I think that's that's the thing. He's not used to really you know realizing that his time is not all his anymore is about to not be all his mm-hmm. you know when it's just you and and your partner yeah you sacrifice some of your time because you're spending it together but 
we we enjoy that. So it's not really sacrificing your time. But when you have a kid, right, mm-hmm. your time that is your priority mm-hmm. with your time. So he's he doesn't understand that concept yet. Right? So to your point, she's thinking ahead when the baby's here that she, you know, when she needs help, when she's got things going on, he's not thinking of it as like it's my responsibility yet. Right. So he so and also in his defense I don't know how Tabitha brought it up, not saying that she came at him hard about it. If she asked him from a good place and he acted that defensive, that sucks. But, you know. I'm going to say that my girl Tabitha came from a really good place and didn't get mad at him and was just like, hey, you know what? I'm feeling frustrated because, you know, when I see that you took this whole day off. I make up that. I make up that you don't care about me and you don't care about, you know, the days that will be needed for the baby. That's how I know Tabitha said it. (laughs) I know she, I know she said it that way. And so. Well, and I, I, I appreciate Tabitha at least acknowledging his need for some, some time. Yeah. His mental health day. So it's just, you know, Tabitha, you're not crazy. You know, he needs to understand that his time isn't his time here pretty soon. Okay. Like the, the baby's a priority. So he'll, hopefully he'll come around to that and realize that. So just keep having the conversation from a good place and, you know, work it out. Here's another one for you. I've been married to my husband for five years now, and we have two beautiful children, ages four and one. Recently, with balancing our full-time jobs, daily chores, and two very needy and demanding little children, at the end of the day, I just want to crawl into bed. But I am also longing to connect with my husband, let alone go out on a date. It's hard to find time, alone time together, amongst the chaos of raising a family. I'm horrible at staying up late to watch a movie. I feel like our alone time needs to be specifically planned out, time, activity, because we sometimes spend 30 minutes talking about what we should do together. What advice would you give to those couples just trying to ride out the wave? Good question, Kara. Um, Michael and I have a marriage calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically, I mean, it can change, but, you know, it's like Mondays we read a book together. Um, Tuesdays we have our own time or, or some, usually actually Mondays we've, because you have therapy. So it usually it's been like your own time, but like it, it changes, but we have like Wednesdays we'll do game night. Or- we, yeah. We try to have four nights a week that are typically planned on we're spending it together and what we're doing. So mm-hmm. we have, yeah, like Jan said, typically Monday nights we read a chapter of this book that we're reading. And then we like maybe watch a show or hang out or play a game, whatever else we want. But we do that first. This is all after the kids go down. You know, Tuesday is we play a game after the kids go down and then maybe we'll watch a show or hang out. Wednesday is intentional time. So no phones, no TV, no, you know, distraction. We just sit on the couch, maybe a glass of wine and just talk. Um, Find out what's new in each other's worlds. And then we try to do a date night, you know, one of the other nights. So we know that's not easy for everybody. you know, it's easier said than done, but it's just knowing what you're going to do. Like you're saying, you know, uh, Kara, or is it Sarah? You think she spells it C-A-R-A-H. I mean, I thought it was Sarah, but I'm thinking it's Kara because car. (laughs) I really thought that plan that one out. Well, to cover our bases, Kara, Kara, Sarah, (laughs) whichever one of those, we're just want to respect you and your name. Um, but yeah, so I would say try to schedule something like that and just be flexible with each other. It's like, hey, 
I had a long day. I'm exhausted. Can we just get into bed and watch something? Sure. But then knowing that there are going to be days where one or both of you are tired, but you committed to doing something different with each other. And if it's just like start with just one day, start with just like, yeah. hey, on Wednesdays, can we just have intentional time where we just or uh, on Thursdays, can we, um, you know, on Monday, let's pick out the movie we're going to watch Thursday so we don't wait 30 minutes to figure it out. Like Michael's like, hey, we're watching this movie on this day, you know, together. Um, so, yeah, just it's tough, but just try to ask for what you need and um, try to, yeah, try to plan it out a little bit. Yeah. Might help. Um, you guys are awesome. We'll see you in Canada. Later. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacova's.com. That's Tacova's, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.